0: Hi, this is Jimmy. And on Theocast today, we cover the idea of life in a fallen world and the difficulty that comes from that. The reality of the grind of everyday life, the reality of the grind of the Christian life, and the spiritual weariness that can come from those things. And sadly, how often the church has become a place where those burdens, that weariness can grow rather than Christ being offered as a place of rest. And so we move to the idea of the ordinary means of grace and the rest we do find through the gospel in those things. So we're excited for you to listen. Stay tuned. Welcome to Theocast, encouraging weary pilgrims to rest in Christ. Conversations about the Christian life from a reformed perspective. Our hosts today are John Moffett, pastor of Community Bible Church in Spring Hill, Tennessee; Justin Purdue, pastor of Covenant Baptist Church in Asheville, North Carolina; and myself, Jimmy Bueller, pastor of Christ Community Church in Wilmer, Minnesota.
1: How's it going today, guys? It's good. It's going. Feeling all right? Uh, yeah. I'm a little tired. We did a late recording. We're still in uh, all together in Nashville right now. So yeah, we are. Did yeah. a late recording last night, which was it's uh, a lot of fun. Enjoyed it was a lot on. of fun. Yeah. Good, a good conversation. Time. Hoping to do a couple more before you guys head back today. Yeah. And, yes. Uh, I wish we could do this. We could just afford to fly you guys in, record, and send you out. But well, yeah. if
2: that, you know, membership keeps <laughs> yeah. ticking on up, we'll yeah. see. I don't
1: know if that's the best use if of the money. If you're a listener and you're and you thinking to you yourself, you mean we're not buying a jet? That's oh, right. My gosh. If you're no. thinking to yourself, I want to make that happen for them. Hey, Thanks. but Jimmy does know a pilot that lives here in Spring Hill.
0: So. Uh, truth. Truth be told. Yeah. I do. So, and John. God,
2: and God be praised. That's yeah. right.
0: God be praised. John,
1: what's going on in your world? Well, I am in the process of trying to buy a car. Mm, and mm. Um, I will tell you there are two things that there's that there's nothing that stresses me out more than two things in life one finding a new job which thankfully I won't have to do that hopefully for a while and number two buying a new car I don't mean new but I mean new to me sure right and um, yeah I, uh, I'm a very decisive person but when it comes down to a car it's such a big commitment I'm always afraid of buying a lemon or not buying you know the right kind of car and so and there's tons of opinions on cars there are yeah what you should and shouldn't have yeah so i hear you so that's yeah that's my world right now i'm I'm probably going to end up with a truck because i do live on a property that needs a truck four by four yeah yeah it's never bad
2: to have a truck no
1: no i see i would laugh when people live like in the the throes of the city and dirt will never see their tires and they have like this monster four by four sure i'm like you don't really need that but go for it hey man Whatever floats your boat. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah, but it's exhausting. I mean, it it makes me tired. It is,
0: yeah. Speaking of. Come on. (laughs) Speaking of. Justin, what are we talking about today? We are
2: talking about weariness, guys. Something that is incredibly common in this fallen world in which we live. And we're going to try to assess that honestly. And and then also talk about the fact that, sadly, the church has not helped with this. Hmm. And, yeah, we hope this is a helpful conversation for people. And just thinking about this from a reform perspective, uh, the posture of the Reformers in their concern for the weary Christian. For sure. And just talk together about trying to care for people in a local church context who find themselves regularly exhausted.
0: Yeah. So, I guess the question to begin with is, when we say weariness,
1: what do we mean by that? Yeah. I mean, there's two forms, right? You have physical exhaustion, physical weariness, and then you have spiritual Sure. Uh, or mental.
2: Yeah, I would. I, yeah, I, I think. Which the two can go. Emotional. Holistically, yeah. Emotional, mental weariness sort of are yeah. a thing. Physical weariness are, is a thing. Mm-hmm. And spiritual weariness, yeah.
1: Which, yeah, really, you know, that's the focus of this is on spiritual weariness. And, to, and what tends to happen, as if, you know, if you've been following Theocast for any amount of time, mm-hmm. we are trying to point out in different ways where rest is robbed. Where you should find rest sure. and where you can find rest, it's yeah. often robbed from you. And so that's, I think, really the heart behind, all right, the symptom is weariness. Mm-hmm. Um, people who just feel as if they never get to a point where they have energy. Yeah, <laughs> It's the it's, it's constant beat down. If you didn't listen to our last week's podcast, I think this would definitely be a build on that. It would. Um, a transition from that. It and would. so, if, if this is your first episode, I, I encourage you to go back and listen to uh, really it's kind of the dark, the dark side of Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. So, in,
2: in thinking about weariness, it might be good for us to just state out of the gate that life in a fallen world is hard. Yeah. Like it beats us up mm-hmm. one side and down the other. Yeah. You know? And I mean, in, in Genesis chapter three, immediately after sin enters the world, words like pain and toil, and strife and thorns and thistles and death and all these things yeah. show up. Very colorful so words. They are, and they're they're very sober words. And I think all of those words resonate with our experiences because we live life in this world and toil and vanity and all of those things just continually pop up yeah. in my day-to-day. Like the grind is real.
1: Yeah.
0: I think it's interesting. I mean, if you were to watch... Uh, let, I mean, let's just take kind of the daytime television example, mm-hmm. you know, kind of your run-of-the-mill talk shows that are going on. It. I mean, it always seems like your morning news, your daytime TV. I mean, even the the blog world is just so primarily concerned with how to have more energy, how to, how to combat being tired. You know, so it's a theme that, I mean, not even just the Christian world, but the world is fully aware of that we are—we're just tired people.
1: Yeah, I think David David Zoll's, We did an interview with him and his yeah. book on it's Seculosity. Really good. Yeah, there, there's um, there's a chapter on busyness and how there's you, you feel justified in yourself and in your being that you're a better person, you're an acceptable person based upon your busyness, right? Yeah. I if you ever ask somebody how are you doing, you do get you get two answers. I'm either really tired. Or I'm just so busy, mm. right? And typically, people are busy from being tired. Or if you're from Minnesota, you say, "I'm good, <laughs> I'm good, I'm good." And what 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 what's going on in this is that you you feel as if you are if you aren't performing at a certain level or doing something at a certain level, then you are less than, or you're going to be falling behind. I don't know about you, but if you if you ever get around someone who is really hot up on a topic mm. or a movement, uh, I I love picking on Justin here, but like. CrossFit people make me so tired. (laughs) Wow, we're going there.
2: We're going to be there.
1: Food dietary people that are on a certain, you know, whether it's keto or paleo, where like food is a
2: moral issue,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, right. And and so you get around these people, and or if it's a vegan, and they they can just make you so exhausted because if you don't view it their way at the exact same intensity they do, then they're going to make sure you know. And they're just going to grind you down into the point that you finally give in. Right. And and it's not sure. even, it, it doesn't even have to be that. Well, I'm making their transition to spiritual. Yeah. It,
0: it can be anything. Yeah. You know, I'll just, I'll throw myself under the bus. You know, when I, when I first got into, quote unquote, you know, Calvinism. Yeah. The doctrines of grace. I, I mean, I was an intolerable person. Yeah. Because nobody was saved. Right. Sure. But me. Sure. <laughs> you know, it was just like, man, you don't even... Yeah. Do you even read your Bible? Yeah, you, you know, yeah. I mean it was just but we, we do that. Oh, we you know, we, absolutely we, do we that. oh, we yeah, for sure. We we heap in
2: all these various areas of life. We heap burdens upon people. It's just
1: what we do. That's
2: right. As fallen human beings.
1: I think the fad driven Christianity is what I think is at maybe the root of a lot of weariness because sure. you you run from fad to fad yeah. just like anybody who runs from a diet to a diet or the next yeah. financial plan to the next financial plan in christianity we have seen so many fads and i would say in the conservative realm even in the the semi you know air quotes reformed realm the calvinistic evangelical realm right so yeah. you you know you have the resurgence movement you have the radical movement you have the you know yeah. desiring god movement you have these movements yeah. where at their core, they are evangelical, sure. but they are pressing in on you mm-hmm. to do something in a certain way. And yeah. if you don't do it, then you're less than. And that may yeah. be unfair in some of those movements. Sure. But what it produced in me, in almost every one of these that I actually looked into, it produced just exhaustion.
2: Yeah. And I think what's common in a lot of these contexts is I've heard you guys before, you know, on Theocast talk about this. There's a Christian way to do everything. Yeah, that's right. You know, and so then that that is a conversation about over spiritualization that's right. related to this mm-hmm. because when you spiritualize everything, it is just flat out exhausting. That's right. Like there, there's no safe space to just have a conversation.
0: Yeah. Or talk about life, bro. Can Be- you just watch this movie? Can yeah. you just watch it? Yeah, like, and, not, have- and not and <laughs> not yeah. talk you know? about like
2: spiritual parallels yeah. or scriptural parallels that's in true. this movie. Can we just watch the movie?
0: Yeah, and it's fine. I mean, you, know? you can do that. That's sure. fine. But but I think you know at least for me
2: one one could do that.
0: Yeah. You can do that uh, on a list of options. So you know when I was in when I was in Bible college, you know the what I was involved I mean it was that was the thing to do. You know, you couldn't merely watch Batman. I mean, you had to overlay Batman. The oh. Yeah. yeah,
2: and it just well and Batman's no good because it doesn't have any of that in it. Nice. That's <laughs> Here yeah, That's
0: true. So, but but what I'm what I'm trying to say is, we can do that to the point where we can actually take the simple pleasures that God has given us, yeah, and we can turn them, not you know, we can shift them from gifts that He's given us yeah. into just like I mean, that's the food example, yeah, right, yeah, exactly right.
2: No, I, I I agree, man. Like what we end up doing. Is we take all of these good gifts that God has given us for our enjoyment, for our pleasure, to encourage us, to gladden our hearts. And we just suck the joy and the life right out of it. That's right. By doing this very thing. Yeah. And this is an epidemic right. in the church. Yeah. It just contributes to the weariness
0: that we all feel. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree. So, guys, we've, we've referenced this a little bit. You know, we're, we're starting to make that shift talking about how weariness in the Christian world is a real thing. Because- I don't have to convince you that everyday life is wearisome, particularly if you have small children. Amen, you know, amen somebody. That, that's right. <laughs> somebody say an amen. Or oh, you, you just have to be on social media. Right, oh, right. Oh my gosh. Yeah, we are more overloaded in our culture today. I mean, just with the amount of advertisement and information that we consume, that our brains are so tired. But but Justin, you, yeah. you, you referenced this earlier, talking about how the church... Yeah. You know, Typically, historically, we yes. want to see the church as a place of rest. And a haven for sinners. A haven mm-hmm. for people who right. are weary, Right. but how but the church not. can become the place where the weariness is multiplied. Yeah. So, if we think about the medieval
2: church that gave birth to the Reformation, it was certainly a, a works-based Schema. It was full of moralism. The legal scheme. The legal scheme. The idea that the saint needed to cooperate with God in his or her justification and sanctification and the like. And I am not saying that the evangelical church is just like the medieval church. I am not saying that. But I think we all agree around this table that there are similarities in the medieval church and the current evangelical moment where there is so much thrust upon the Christian that we need to be doing, you know, in cooperating with God essentially, you know, in this thing called our salvation.
0: Right. Yeah. One of the phrases from the medieval church was for those who do what lies within God denies, not grace. Wow. And so, yeah, I mean, we, we, we don't say it like that. We wouldn't say it like that, but we would, we would almost
1: say it in the way of God, God helps those who help themselves. So you show up on, or
0: you need to do
2: your part.
1: Yeah, you show up on. So let's let's break it out for those who are about to uh, of coming out of church service. Mm -hmm. You you've shown up. Most likely, you are beat down by the reality of your sin in yourself, the reality of sin around you, Mm -hmm. and just the frailty of your body. You sit down in a pew. You hear songs about what I will do. I will commit myself to you. I will do this for you. I will sacrifice myself okay. for you. So you are singing, you know, not inst- even if you're not even paying attention and very much emotionally driven, what you will do for God. Yeah. Then you sit down and you open your Bible and you then are given an, a, a very appealing story about either someone who has done well, did not do well. And then the, the call is these are the ways that you can go out of here. And be a better you, yeah.
2: Or I might even frame it perhaps in a more provocative way. So often, I think people during the preaching time get not like this list of things that they need to be doing and concerning themselves with. And it's like, all right, now head on out of here and don't disappoint God. That's right. You know, and so yeah, in in the church service, the point of so much of it is what we need to be doing. Whereas all we're wanting to come in and say is, look. People need to fundamentally hear about what God has done for them in Christ Jesus before they ever need to hear about what they need to be doing.
1: Absolutely, because when you do look at it, they don't feel as if there is a progression. Right? Not in right. reality. Now we fake the progression, right? Like my hair isn't so long. I got rid of the earrings and whatever. I mean, <laughs> sure. whatever you there, think is Christianity, the low hanging
2: fruit. Right? Uh, I don't yeah.
1: cuss and I'm, I'm not. I'm not. You know, chewing whatever so we feel like but that all that is is what would say cultural acceptability so yeah it's a moral progression yeah but it's not status of righteousness right so the soul that we're talking about right now which is that part of it that's weary as a christian mm-hmm. is not finding rest no. because what's been given to the believer is not means of rest yeah, so
0: I'm reading a book right now by Zach Eswine, Spurgeon Sorrows. Mm. You know, talking it's about it's a the, great book. Yeah, the struggle with uh, what Spurgeon would call melancholy. You know, mm-hmm. today we would call depression. Um, you know, I'm I'm not sure that we can use those terms interchangeably, but I right. think there's right. some heavy similarities. And uh, Zach Eswine, author of the book, he he quotes from the Manual of Psychological Medicine mm. that wrote about this real condition. You know, back in the day of what they called religious melancholia that the church wasn't being the haven of rest that it promised to be or that Christ instituted it to be, but rather became the place where law was added upon law. And, And so there's this quote from the manual of psychological medicine says this, it is hardly necessary to say that Christianity undistorted and preached in its just proportions is calculated to prevent, not cause insanity the exciting cause of religious melancholia is sometimes to be traced to the fiery denunciations of well-meaning, but injudicious preachers. Mm. Mm. And I I find that quote just to be fascinating Mm -hmm. because one, again, you you go ask a pastor, hey, do you love laying the law on your people? (laughs) And and of course, what are they gonna say? No, I wanna point my people to Jesus. But if you look at the disposition of the congregation, or mm-hmm. they're coming in almost to get you know they're 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 coming to get like the the religious whipping, the scolding, the scolding to to push them into action. Yeah. you know, it's the use of the law to
1: motivate the Christian unto the the victorious Christian life, right. I mean, right. A lot of times we talk about legal preaching or mm-hmm. being the law, what people have in their mind is the angry fundamentalist on top of the pulpit who's screaming at people. But well, I sure. will tell you some of the most heavy law preaching or what I would say, motivational sermons, people who are actually in the prosperity gospel leanings, even a guy like Joel Osteen, if you actually listen to Osteen's sermons, they are forcing you into Performing and thinking at a level that is unrealistic and anti gospel. Because if you think about his sermons, sure. it's all about claiming this moment with the Lord and having this. If you have the right attitude, God responds to that attitude. Mm-hmm. So it's positive thinking, positive attitudes, positive vibes. Right. Well, <laughs> if you are in a sinful, decaying, weary body, and you're trying to motivate yourself to do something that is impossible to do, that only breeds more exhaustion. Yeah. And this is the insanity of just
0: self-help. Right. Sure. Because myself is what needs help. Right. And so I'm going to self-help myself. Yeah. That's the insanity. It is insane.
1: If or, you need to be rescued from you. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Or <laughs> go to someone who has done it and do, do what they did.
2: Sure. <laughs> yeah. Right. Jimmy, you said something earlier in talking about how intolerable you were. No, when you absolutely. encountered the doctrines of grace. And yeah. I personally find this to be ironic when people do encounter for the first time the you know doctrines of grace, Calvinism, even start to walk into a reformed kind of world and context. And they are, they're in that cage stage. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of times people in that moment end up bludgeoning other saints to death Sure in the requirements that they begin to heap on people, sure, and I know for us, obviously we aim to be taking up the mantle of the reformers who sought to comfort and protect the weary Christian yeah I find it interesting that a lot of times you you see the guy in the church that's rocking the John Calvin is my homeboy t-shirt <laughs> yeah
1: who's and never who's never read Calvin that's right,
2: yeah, maybe he has maybe he hasn't probably <laughs> hadn't read a lot of Calvin, but he's rocking the t-shirt. And he's got this approach to Christianity. We sometimes at CBC like to joke around and call it green beret Christianity, yeah. where it's like, man, we got to make it. We got to make it hard. Like we got to we got to place demands and burdens on people so that they'll grow. And people need to be gotta weed we- out the fakers, man. Re- reading this in their in the bible they need to be reading this kind of theology and doctrine and all the rest and if you're not doing it, you need to have this kind of countenance on your face apparently when you're singing hymns. Yeah. And if you're not then man there's just not enough joy in the lord here. Yeah. And the irony of that is that like bro, John Calvin the guy that's on your t-shirt, yeah. if he were alive today would be seeking to protect the saints from people like you. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We're excited to announce that we have a new free ebook available at our website called faith versus faithfulness a primer on rest and we the hosts put this together to explain the difference between emphasizing one's faith in Christ versus emphasizing one's faithfulness to Christ and how one leads to rest and how the other often to a lack of assurance and you can get this at theocast.org/primer and if you've been encouraged by what you've been hearing at theocast We'd ask you to help partner with us. You can do that by joining our Total Access membership. That's our monthly membership that gives you access to all of our material that we've produced over the last four years, or simply by donating to our ministry. You can do that by going to our website, theocast.org. We hope that you enjoy the rest of the conversation.
0: So um, I think a lot of that, you know, the, the whole idea of You know, we need to raise the spiritual temperature, the spiritual barometer of the church, if you will. To to John, you just said it to weed out the fakers. I think there's an (laughs) element, yeah. There's an element of, you know, perhaps that desire, that hope, you know, is is well-meaning. You know, I just read that in the quote. It's well-meaning at first. You don't want to
2: impugn motivation,
0: right? Um, It's well-meaning at first. However, what happens is you almost become the police in the church you become the police of this person's affections aren't there. This person's feelings aren't there. Their desires aren't there. And, and so you, we become kind of flash in the pan. If I don't see it within a two-week yeah. man. And when you think about that, like you think about how, like I'm just thinking of my church personally. Some of these people I've known less than five years. And so I want to take a really long view with their life. Yeah. yeah. That when we talk about difficult weary seasons, I'm not
1: talking about a couple weeks. Mm-mm. That's right. I mean it could be a decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So uh, the observation I have made, sure, when one believer will cast judgment and say they're a lazy Christian, which there are such things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Bible's sure. very clear on that. We're not gonna gonna,
0: denying that. No, we're not going to flatten that.
1: But I I I step back and say, you're looking at it from one angle. I'm looking at it from the angle of actually this is probably A Christian who is so beat down from being weary, he has not energy. He's not lazy. It's just— He's got nothing. It doesn't make sense to him anymore, so why even try? Which is not the right attitude, and it is the sinful attitude, but I think that Christianity has gotten so confused and convoluted, people go, why try? And it's so it's not an issue of laziness. You come in with gentleness, and you begin to show them the glory of Christ in the gospel, and all of a sudden— These people are motivated again, and I didn't even yell at them. Right. So when I was going
0: through kind of my season of a pretty acute depression, anxiety, uh, which to be quite honest could be traced to a lot of Pietistic understanding of the Christian life, Mm -hmm. I, I came across this pretty comical video where you know it was like Mental Health Awareness Month, and they put out this video where they they talked about what if we treated physical health the same way we treat mental health. Oh wow. And so there's there's this comical part where there's a man lying in bed and and it clearly looks like he has some sort of life-threatening disease like cancer. And then somebody barges into the hospital room and says, "Hey man, have you just tried not having cancer?" Oh my. But and yeah. it it's funny, but but honestly, when we when we look at the weary believer, yeah. We do that. We do. We can so easily say You know, the joy of the Lord is your strength, bro. Yeah. (laughs) Like get off your butt and get on your knees and start praying, start reading. Right. You know? And And I'm sure when we grab coffee next week, you'll be doing much better. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. If you can just discipline yourself out of this, you'd be able to figure it out. Which demonstrates
2: a tremendous amount of, even if it's well-intentioned, it demonstrates a tremendous amount of ignorance. Yeah. Because so, and, and it's it's it lacks compassion altogether mm-hmm. because so often nobody wants to be out of the throes of sin more than the person who's in it, mm-hmm. right? And, and we forget that reality. And I think as a pastor, one of the things that I always want to guard against and protect against in our church is this kind of just oppressive judgment, you know, being just placed upon people because I think so often we do expect that like sanctification is just something we can microwave. Right. You know, like, man, you you should you should see this kind of instantaneous and even if it's not instant, it should be relatively quick. And it's like, yeah, man, we're playing the long game here. Yeah. And by saying that we're playing the long game, that's not a justification to just like overlook every short term problem. That's yeah. not what we mean. But my goodness, it's the Spirit of God working in the saint over the course of years and decades, Mm. you know, that will bear much fruit and conform us to the image of Christ.
1: So there's there's a reason why fear tactics and guilt are using because you have, in my opinion, again, not lazy but weary Christians, and you call them to a Bible study. Like, how can you be so encouraged? You should come. And in their mind, they're thinking, no, you're going to heap more law on me, sure, and I'm going to have more requirements, and I won't be able to perform them. Mm. And so, what's the next step then? Well, then you know, I'm I'm worried about. I'm worried about whether you're a Christian or not, Mm -hmm. or you're obedient, and we're going to move into church discipline, Mm -hmm. which again, I am not excusing disobedience and laziness. I'm just saying our diagnosis within Mm -hmm. the even conservative evangelical church is, it makes sense, you know, and I see, I have seen in the modern day preacher, and I'm not going to name names, but there are people who get up and they get angry with people who are not taking church serious and they aren't participating like they should. And I stand with those weary people and go, if that's my diet, Mm -hmm. if that's what you're offering me, no wonder I am so fatigued and exhausted.
0: So guys, you know, I just want to yield to you two. I mean, you guys have been in the ministry. You've been, you know, your churches are up, moving, running. And so we've we've we kind of said on, on theocast we don't just want to deconstruct yeah. but we want to reconstruct you know our, yeah. our tagline is encouraging weary pilgrims to rest yeah. in christ so just pastorally yeah. how is it that you guys have cared for those you know the, the weary sinner the weary saint that
1: has sat across the desk from you so i've had recently i've had a, a, a kind of influx a lot of varying people from different degrees so I've had one that comes from a very pretty strong ba- uh, fundamentalist Baptist background, and then I had another one who's coming who is an unbeliever, really. I think, mm-hmm. but is coming in weary at the same, and they're coming in at different weary points. Yeah. And what what is interesting is they are so intrigued by the fact that Christ is enough, mm-hmm. and it's hard for them to believe it. Yeah. What do yeah. you mean by that? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: Because they're so used to so one who's coming from non Christianity. And has been living in the South now for seven years, mm-hmm. and is so di- like literally my church when he came to men's Bible study was his last shot. He's like, look, I'm gonna yeah. do this one more time. You were, yeah. I think you were there that night. Wow. Uh, Maybe Justin so. was there. Yeah, and uh, uh, I was thinking of uh, well, anyways, yeah, I don't want to say his name, <laughs> yeah. but um, and then this other gentleman who has grown up, you know, Church of Christ now in a Baptist church, and. Exhaust. I mean, literally exhausted to the point where he begins to question his assurance. Right. So my job immediately is to assess where they are, Mm because you can't walk them to Christ until you remove the obstacles. Yeah. So as a shepherd, I feel like I'm. I can't reconstruct Christ to be treasured until I can move these obstacles out of the way. Right. Right. So I
2: recently, well, in the last, I say recently, last couple of years, I, I was given a talk with uh, some high school students professing Christian, I mean, Christian group of high school students, right? And I asked, kind of led off with this question. I said, amongst your peers, how do you think Christianity is most misunderstood? Mm. And to a man, like 90% in the room say, well, my my friends think that Christianity is about all this stuff that you're supposed to do. sure, yeah. And the uh, things, of course, that you're supposed to not do. And I think that that is certainly true and characteristic of the evangelical church, where the gospel so often is assumed, it's footnoted, right? It's, like, oh yeah, we got the gospel, but now let's move on to talk about what we really need to be considering, and that's the Christian life. Yeah, yeah. And so that's where, yeah, like the the general default posture in the church is, yeah, I, I, we're gonna talk about everything that I need to be doing, and the Christian shows up, we already talked about this, to the worship service, Expecting, in one sense, to be scolded to holiness. Yeah, and yeah. So when we come in and we we read like the words of Christ, "Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest." It's like, wait, what? That's not at all been what my experience is. You know, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. When we tell them that Christ is enough that he has accomplished everything that could ever be necessary, that all the righteousness that you'll ever need, he has accomplished for you and it's counted to you
0: Amen. completely by faith. That's Amen. right. Yeah, it's like, oh my gosh. Can we do an altar call right now? That's right. Because yeah. I'll okay. come. I'll come. I'll play the organ. <laughs> so yeah, I was speaking with a friend of mine, You know, reading some various materials, speaking with a friend of mine, and we were talking about how, you know, not even in the Christian world, but the natural language of the world is law. You know, yeah. we, we don't, we don't have to, we don't have to make that up. Like the natural language of the world is, is do this, right? Do this, get a paycheck, uh, raise your kids this way. Yeah, You know, as parents, you know, one thing that I've been mindful of is how much I speak law into my kids. Mm. And I'm not and in saying- in one sense you have to. Yeah. And yeah. one, yeah. Cause you don't want, you know, idiots running around. Well, there's difference of instruction and law. Right. Mm-hmm. But how, you know, the natural language of the world is law. Do this, live. And so what we want, what we're aiming for, if, if we're talking about, you know, relief from the weariness coming from, you, know, the, the ordinary means of grace, mm-hmm. the gospel preached to us over us, relief coming from the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. We want that Sunday morning Lord's Day, yeah. or when, whenever it is that you meet, to be the place where the law is given to us, but the gospel is there. Yeah. Yeah. The gospel is preached. The rest that Christ offers is quickly
1: given. Yeah. yeah. So before we have opening scripture reading and, and move our congregation to this moment of, of engaging the means, right? So the preaching of the word uh, and the sacraments. I, I always stand up before the congregation and say, I know if you are anything like me, you're exhausted and beat down and tired of trying to live up to the expectation right you walked out of here last sunday invigorated by the gospel and then fell flat on your face on monday mm-hmm. realizing sunday isn't close enough mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right and that is a as a the posture of that i want our church to have is that we are here not having to perform not having to be fake and when someone walks into this context and realizes that oh oh i i can look to christ and i don't have to perform yeah. and then f- this This status and this position allows me then to freely go out and love and care, but it's a hard transition. It is. And so one of the things that I always aim to do as a pastor,
2: knowing that my people, like I'm assuming, I'm assuming that the people sitting in front of me who are members of the church where I'm a pastor, I'm assuming that they're redeemed Mm -hmm. and regenerate Mm -hmm. and that they want to obey. Sure. Right In their inner man, they delight in the law of God. That's my assumption. And at the same time, I realize that their consciences haunt them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The fact
2: that they are failing mm-hmm. and, it, and it haunts them, it wrecks them, right? And it chases after them. And so I delight to be able to talk to people about the work of Christ for us. Like think, think about Hebrews 10, 14. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Come on. Where we can look at the saints and say, "Hey, you you are being sanctified." Like it's a process. It's going to take time and it it's going to be a decades long thing. And at that same time, while that's ongoing, you have been perfected by the work of Christ Jesus and you can rest on the solid rock of him and his merit. Right. Amen. And that's, that's what gives the weary pilgrim rest. Amen. Yeah.
1: I think that when you sit down across from someone, there are two people. You have those who are probably being beat down by law, and they're weary. And then you have those who've given in to sin, and so they need to be confronted. What's interesting is that they're both actually sinful people, and those who are stressing out, they're still the same. Mm. Because one became beat down by temptation, and they gave in eventually, and they need to be called back to restoration, right? This is Galatians 5 and 6, right? And then the other has been beat down by the law, which is inappropriate use of the gospel. My encouragement to those who are in sin, which we deal with this in our own lives, and is that we often don't deal with temptation the way in which the church has been commissioned to do it. In other mm-hmm. words, before we started the podcast today, we talk, We were talking about how, as Christians, we carry around Our responsibilities by ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we carry the weight of fighting off temptation and then we carry or you know, there are Christian responsibilities. Mm -hmm. We carry these things to the point that we become exhaustion and then give in to sin. Mm -hmm. Where the Christian is called to be a part of a body. Yeah. When when all of the different gifts are being used and all the different parts of the body are being used, what does it say? It doesn't say it exhausts itself. It right. says it builds itself Self up, in, up love, in love, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I t- I say this constantly to where it's it's even a joke at my church. The Christian life is not meant to be lived alone. No. And when I sit across from somebody who typically has fallen into sin or they are struggling, I, we, we what I ask them is, is where why are where, where where are you weak in trusting mm-hmm. this 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 body God is? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. wh- why have you pulled yourself out?
0: Yeah. And honestly, I mean, we referenced this earlier, the idea of just ordinary means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bro. Um, this is why I know all of us around the table are just massive proponents of mm-hmm. weekly Lord's table. Yeah. yeah. Weekly Lord's table where- Talk about an altar call. Yeah, we, th- that's that's what Amen. it is. Amen. It's a response to the word. It's the right. real altar call. Well, and yeah. it's you know the language of we, we heard the gospel audible and mm-hmm. now we see the we gospel see visible. And how quickly though, the Lord's table you know, I know for me, a lot of times, and I, I'm not saying that the church I grew up in presented it this way, but I, I think my understanding was the Lord's table itself was almost law. Oh. You know, examine yourself, right. make sure. And what I took that to be, the way it was often spoke about was, make sure you have confessed all the sins mm-hmm. that you committed this week so that when you come to this table, you're not going to die when yeah. you take the elements. Yeah. But, but really what the, what the table tells us you know, that as surely as we drink this cup and eat this bread, mm-hmm. you know, we're participating in the body of, the Christ. God of Christ. God is yeah. God is using 1 Corinthians 10. these means to sanctify you.
1: Yes. Before I throw it to you, Justin, yeah. just to help people with that, this church actually had lost the gospel message at the table. That's what Paul was rebuking them over. Absolutely. Yeah. They were turning it into a feed my belly. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, the Lord's
2: Supper thing, Jimmy, I just want to pick up on that really quickly before I maybe offer one other thought is, Man, the Lord's Supper, in my experience, like you, it was the most anxiety producing moment. Absolutely. Like every three months or however often we did it. <laughs> right. I'm serious. Where it, it literally was like, man, not only you, you had you better confess every sin, it's like you need to work yourself up into an emotional frenzy mm-hmm. in terms of like just being wrecked over your sin. Because if you're not appropriately grieved over your sin, you're probably not really repentant, yeah. you know, and all these kinds of things. And man, yeah, it, it just became this thing where it was all about my faithfulness. Yeah not about God's faithfulness to me. God is coming to right? you in the elements. And, and yeah. that's what's so devastating for people. And that, that is the, the paradigm, faith versus faithfulness that we talk about all the time. That right. the, the sacraments are so often manipulated and misunderstood to be made about the devotion
0: of the believer, not the faithfulness of God well, to and, him or her. Yeah, and yeah. think about, I mean, think about it. I mean, think about the, the beauty. It's a meal. What do meals yeah. do? They nourish. they nourish and yeah. sustain. They nourish, sustain you. Yeah. Give you relief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a, I mean, think about just the physical hunger that you experience. You know, I mean, America, we don't really experience hunger in ways, right. but but think about you know the times that you're you're so hungry and you sit down before a meal and you dive in and there's savory and sweet and, and enjoyment and that is the Lord's table.
1: Yeah, and I would say what. There was a lot of confusion when I was first into um, the Reformed faith. I didn't understand how the eating of the bread and the wine and baptism were a means. What you need to understand is that um, they are what we call sensible means. Mm-hmm. They are what we, we, you, you can see, touch, and feel it. So the gospel message is communicated through that which we actually engage with. So the word is preached over us, and then we do physically what's happening spiritually. So as you eat the bread and as you eat the wine or drink the wine— and you are using that to come into your body, Right, that is a picture of the gospel of Jesus feasting, of us feasting and nourishing our faith, yeah. as Paul says, strengthenings our faith. And then the same thing with baptism.
2: Yeah, so you mentioned a minute ago, John, how we're not meant to live the Christian life in isolation. We are meant to live the Christian life in the body of Christ, and that's for our good. And one of the things that we're told that we do for each other as the redeemed is that we bear one another's burdens and sorrows, right? And so, Jimmy and I were talking about this last night because he's about to launch his, his church. We're almost four years in. And we're just talking about how even... When you plant a church with a group of people who are relatively like minded theologically, it's not like a healthy culture exists from the jump. That's right. Like that takes time to build. And one of the things that we've seen at CBC is over the course of years, as Christ has been heralded and we're pointing people to Jesus and all these things, it is making the church a legitimately safe place where people can come and they can talk about their burdens and their weariness and their weakness and their frailty with their brothers and sisters and lean on each other to where we're beginning to see that picture of how the saints really are like locking arms with each other. And in one sense, like carrying each other along you know, in this pilgrimage called the Christian life. And this kind of theology that we're talking about here at Theocast weekly, it, it allows for and facilitates and builds that kind of a culture in a church.
1: I think for the members podcast, we should probably um, talk about one, how to create that If you're a pastor. Two, what if you're in a church and you're not a pastor and it doesn't exist? Yeah. uh, How do you create, how do you, how do you handle, how do you establish this? That's good. Well, guys, I, I feel like we have a
0: lot to talk about still in the (laughs) members podcast. So if you are interested, if you're listening and and you're you're curious as to what that members podcast is, you can head over to theocast.org and you can check that out. And uh, we have a 14 day trial where you can actually listen for free. But for those uh, who have total access membership, you can just sit tight, maybe grab your favorite beverage. If you're driving, (laughs) make sure that beverage is legal. Let let the reader uh, understand. Let the reader understand, the listener understand. And uh, we'll see you over in the Members Podcast.
2: Thank you for listening to Theocast. If you'd like to contact us or find out additional information about our membership, you can do so at theocast.org.